Hello. Hello. And welcome to Next Steps for Business. In today's podcast, this is going to be our third one in a series of four, where we wanted to bring you another personal story. This one's going to be different to Gaz's story, which we put out two weeks ago, where for Gaz, it crept up upon him. He felt the anxiety building until it broke. Whereas you'll hear in today's personal story from Simon, this one completely caught him out. Now, Marie, I don't think you've met Simon before, have you? I haven't. No, this is going to be completely new for me. So I have known Simon for quite a few years and he's a really nice guy, operated at a really high level. And I just think it's the sort of person you really wouldn't expect to have any sort of issue with this type of thing. So let's go and have a chat with Simon and hear about his story. Fantastic. So welcome, Simon, to a Next Steps of Business. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, mate. So you and I have known each other for around about sort of 10 years now. We met at a business club and we've also trained a bit together in the gym and a few other bits and pieces. But for Marie's benefit and for other people, do you want to give us a little bit of a a recap of who you are, where you work in and a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, of course. Currently, I'm the um, general manager at Astonwood Golf Club. I've been there for 27 years now. Um, and wow yeah it's a fair journey I've <laughs> always been a golf professional um, as long as I can remember uh, and then yeah. prior to that I was I, shall I start from the beginning I was, I was born in Warsaw simple Warsaw lad <laughs> um, and was heavily involved in sport all the way through my life which then sort of took me into uh, while I was at school, I was into gymnastics, which wasn't quite a, the everyday sport at the time. Football was the everyday sport, but no, I decided to uh, to, to move into a fringe sport uh, with no money involved. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to to compete at elite level in gymnastics. I then, pretty much at the same time, I started to play golf and I went into martial arts. And I'll start with the martial arts. The martial arts, I ended up competing again at elite level. I was lucky enough to win three national titles and also ended up fighting for the England team in European, various European championships and culminating in the in the World Championships, which was such a great honour back wow. in 1990. Fantastic. What kind of martial arts, Simon? That was Wadaru Karate. It was karate. So, okay. But I've done, in fairness, because I've been in it so long, I've done most forms of fighting, to be honest, <laughs> all the way from jiu-jitsu to boxing to kickboxing to different forms of karate to Aikido to a lot of uh, the more sort of modern MMA culminating in the MMA. So mm. pretty much everything, really. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a mongrel when it comes down to fighting. <laughs> my, my base sport was, uh, was karate. I'm a fourth dan in taekwondo, which is why I asked. Oh, right, okay. Martial arts people, we always have a bit of affinity with each other, don't we? Do you know something? Yeah, especially with taekwondo, karate. I, I, I fought <laughs> in a lot of opens and fought. You guys have got great legs. That's one thing I am going to say. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, I've been hit by two of them in the past. So. It's all about the sidekick. <laughs> it's absolutely. Do you know it's the, it's probably the one martial arts I've never really I've never really done, and it's still one of the only true remaining martial arts that's used in the military now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm yeah. impressed. There we I'm go. Impressed. 
Thank you. Sorry, I, I took us off on a, a tangent then, but uh, the, the martial artist in me wanted to know. <laughs> so you've been working at Astonwood for all this time. You've been a professional golfer. You've done the karate. Yep. You've done gymnastics at a high level. So you're a very sporty sort of person. Competitive yep. person. And you've operated at the high level. You're not the sort of person that's going to have any problems, are you? Um, no, of course not. Or so it would appear. Um the competition, you're absolutely correct. I've always been highly, highly competitive. All, all I ever cared about at school, realistically, was was sport, competing, being the best, trying to get to the highest level I possibly could get to. And that sort of mental focus travelled. When I came out of the world of sport, so to speak, this is after sort of coaching, et cetera, because I went into coaching a little bit, et cetera. So after I came away from that, I, mm-hmm. that whole competitive nature uh, sort of followed me into the world of business really i got this thing about success was everything the success that i experienced call it success in sport i mean different people have different ideas on what success actually looks like to me it was kind of about winning and, and being the best that success that whole success model moved across when i i finished coaching etc and sort of moved into the world of business and that in itself created a whole new set of challenges which in essence in the end became problems really so that's where i actually got to and then uh, and then moved into the world of business so here i am now after having what happened to me happen to me so you had quite a, an experience i mean obviously that's a fantastic sort of foundation it sets you up nicely for uh, your career the fact that your career then involves one of your big passions with golf and that you're always seeking success, which is admirable. But more recently, that sort of worked against you. Is that fair? Yeah, that's very fair. So the first thing I say is, you know, what happened, I don't make any excuses for the, the, you know, what I went through. There's no excuses. I put my hands up. I take full personal responsibility. Mm. Um, What happened to me? I did it. I was there. It's what's happened since the incident that's become particularly interesting and, and has actually got me to sitting with you guys here now. Mm. Um, and it's got me wanting to, wanting to talk about it and wanting to, you know, if I can help one person, if I can stop one person getting to the stage that I actually got to because of all these, this set of mm. circumstances, then that is definitely going to be my mission. That's, that, you know... I think I'll feel the same success moving forwards that I used to feel in sport, but probably a, a more real success this time if I can just, you know, if I can make a difference for somebody. So is it fair? I mean, we we won't talk about the very dark times and, and whatever else, just because, A, that's sort of one of the things that you do help clubs with. So And it will take some of the power away from that by trying to dilute it in, in such a short spell. But um, do you think that because you've, I'm not, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think because you're now refocusing on what success means to you, it's given you a different view on life or, or what is it? It absolutely has. Um, it's still difficult. I'll be honest with you. You know, it's no big thing for me to, to, to actually sort of elaborate a little bit on uh, the incident. But the way it was described to me, if I, if I can sort of um, just run through this, the way it was described to me, if you can imagine life as being a little bit like a volcano and, Everything that we've got going on in life is bubbling away at the bottom of the volcano. It's the lava at the bottom of the volcano. And the more stuff that you throw into the volcano, the, the more pressure builds up or, you know, until it, eventually the lava gets to the top and there's, there's an eruption. 
a lot of people have actually got the ability for the lava to get halfway up and they've, they've got a release yeah. valve which they can sort of you know undo imagine undoing the release valve all the lava comes out and it settles back down to the bottom unfortunately how it was described to me was was i hadn't got that release valve at the time and i actually got to the stage where my volcano erupted unfortunately um, and, and that culminated yeah. in an incident with the police and um, a bit of a car chase and that was when i suddenly realized and took stock and looked at things and thought you know where i am now this can't this can't go on this isn't healthy unfortunately at the time i never saw this creeping up on me i never saw this i didn't have that ability and i did what probably you know 99.5% of certainly of men do and all of those incidents which again I, i won't elaborate on at the moment but all of those things that happened to me throughout life i believed you know we're supposed to be big strong alpha male fighter all this yeah. sort of stuff i could deal with it i could deal with any of it you know the reality is i took it and i just sort of shoved it behind my back i put it behind my back and and forgot about it and didn't think for a minute it was having any form of effect on me the reality is that it was having a massive effect on me albeit a, a sort of creeping effect you know bit by bit by bit mm-hmm. the, the the pressure was building up and then the incident ensued the incident was only the eruption quite simply with the incident one night after another exhausting day now what I'd like to you know for you to bear in mind is 80 hour weeks were very common to me 80 hour plus um Dave will back that one up as well oh, yeah. um I, I was an early starter to a late finisher and unfortunately I'd got to the stage where I was doing seven days a week as well mm-hmm. certainly six days and then I couldn't switch off on the seventh day didn't really see this happening to me like I say that was just normality that was where I was at that particular time and mm-hmm. one night I uh, I was a late night I was going home from the golf club and um, I went to see some friends of mine who remarked how awful I looked and um, and I was I was exhausted I was suffering from exhaustion I was just I didn't realize how many hours I was doing how much work I was putting in um, it was just the norm and they gave me that they ended up i think maybe maybe i went there because i knew um that i was going to get something that was going to keep me awake and um unfortunately that that was a little bit of a substance that i shouldn't have taken um but i was at the stage at that point where if they'd have said to me what we want you to do we want you to take a hammer hit your knee three times and you're going to be fine mentally i would have done that that's how bad it was it was you know i, I was in a really sort of awful place so as soon as they offered it me i just said yeah i knew that it was um it was the answer to keeping me awake so i had a substance i couldn't have done and got very close to being back home and um basically a police car was doing a routine check on me i'd pulled around an island to go back to a garage to get some petrol they were alerted by the fact i'd gone round. i wasn't in any any state or anything but at that time that's where the eruption happened i just completely lost it the hairs went up on the back of my neck and i ended up in a 22 mile police chase oh, with gosh. police cars behind me a police car in front of me um with blue lights everywhere um and that ended up going through rural shropshire and uh, it wasn't the greatest experience of my life yeah. but it was at that it wasn't at that point it was the point that, that i finally got stopped and, and the night ensued 
went into the police cells, etc., and um, came out the next morning, having had a night to look at myself and say, this has got to stop. This is just not, it's not you. This is not the way you would, you act. It's just not you. There's something that's not, not yeah. right here. But it took that experience. And, and thank God, it was late at night. Thank God it was just me. It was the police cars. Um, the way it was built wasn't quite the way it was. The fact of high-speed police chase, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a it was a terrible time, and I'm you know I'm driving down a motorway with um, um, the central reservation, which is the new the, cent- the concrete central reservations. Thinking to myself, it would be easier to turn right than to turn left and take the next exit. Mm. Luckily, and and, uh, and I have to say, obviously, you know, I'm so grateful. You know, the, the thought of my family, I didn't take that right turn into the into the central reservation. But my family, my friends, the thought of life was far stronger than that thought of that central reservation. So I did. I turned left. And thank God I did. I'm massively grateful for whatever force it was that that made me go left off the slip road. And that was it. That was the incident that ensued. And then I had to deal with all of the follow-ups to that. So I, I then went through what can only be described as 12 months of absolute hell torture i went to magistrates court twice it was deemed too serious to be dealt with in magistrates court so i went to crown court and there i received my sentence which was a a driving ban and um, a a couple of other bits fines etc and i decided that there's a lot of things that happened in that gap point there that made me want to come out and talk about and set up something that, that i thought well there's a lot of people out there that, that are probably going through exactly what I'm yeah. going through, that are feeling exactly the same, and especially men, especially males. Yeah. I work with um, a psychologist who's a, a good friend of mine. I've been very lucky. Again, going back to sports, I've been lucky that I've been in, in an arena where I've had the best coaches. And I consider myself to be lucky, you know, being in the right place at the right time sometimes, God willing, is, is, a, is a really good thing. And I just happen to know somebody who's an exceptional psychologist, has worked with a lot of tough cases and tough people. And he produced a 58-page psychological report, which made me look at what's been going on and what's gone on all of my life, where I've just hidden it. I've become the alpha male. And I've, like I said before, I've just hidden these issues, put them behind my back and never dealt with them. Uh, and I've had to face them. I've faced up to them and I'm progressing from them and I and I guess that's the thing that my message now is because I'm kind of living proof of it that there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you want to get to that that place that good place then with the right support with the right resource with the right people behind you um, then it's achievable and it's doable I can't even explain it you know it's a really tough place to be it's a really difficult place to be um, but it can be done. And so in your example, obviously, you didn't see the, the warning signs. You effectively flipped out because of an incident that overloaded you, yeah. where you weren't able to cope with it any longer. You've then obviously spent 12 months getting over it. You've had professional help yeah. through your psychologist and, and everything else. But like I think you say, the, the good news is that you've now got additional opportunities to help others. You do do some public speaking talks. Absolutely that allows you the opportunity to be able to share with people and you've got a variety of different um, types of organizations that, that seek you out 
So I guess anybody who's going through this that are spotting some of those early warning signs, it's a case of, you know, seeking some sort of help and support externally, be it sharing with your partner or whatever. Because I guess you couldn't even share with your your wife or anything like that for the simple reason you didn't even know what's going on. Absolutely. Is that right? Uh, Absolutely. It's really difficult. It's one of those, you know, when you're in it, you can't see it. It's really simple. When you're in it, you can't see it. And even when you can see it, even when you finally see it, sometimes you just, you don't want to accept it. You don't want to believe what's, you know, because like I said before, we, we're all supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be bigger and stronger than this. We, we can handle anything. Yeah. And men are particularly bad at it. Men are particularly bad at it, as I found yeah. out. You know, if you look at it basically, I've, I've probably fought against some of the toughest people um, around and, you know, I take that anywhere. But when it came down to fighting against life, life was um, a little bit more, it's a bit sneakier. It's a little bit sneakier. And, and I think it's all about now making sure. And it, look, there's been some fantastic work going on. Absolutely incredible work for, for men's mental health. And I don't exclude the ladies either. You know, the ladies, you know, just, but unfortunately the men just won't, we've not talked about it particularly well. It's just an absolute fact. Mm. Um, so mm. that's the angle that I come at it from because I'm, I'm not an expert in any of the fields. I've got a story that I just want to share with people to hope that they'll recognise maybe some of the signs that I didn't and maybe some of the things that I was going through. They'll see similar experiences in their own lives. And if they can, and if that can make a difference to them, well, what a result that would be. What sort of places and, and things do you do that public speaking to try and bring that awareness to people about my curiosity and so that people can maybe come and see you speak a bit more about it the big one at the moment is um people are requesting for me to go into their companies and speak so it's a little bit sort of it's closed to various companies at the moment but what i am doing i've got a website which is smithy talk it out if you search smithy talk it out or simon smith you'll find me on facebook you'll find me on instagram but ironically, just before the lockdown happened and just before all, all of this tragedy struck that we're going through at the moment, I just had a call off police to go in and do some talks for them. Oh, wow. Which was pretty incredible, really. It's unusual to go and do a talk for somebody that probably <laughs> probably put you on the road to this, I don't know whether I want to call it a profession, but currently put me on the road to the have the ability to go out and speak to people. So hopefully when we're out of this because i know they've had quite a difficult time recently but i'm also going to put on some um sort of lunch and learns but i'm going to everything that i do is going to be uh, put out on facebook and out on instagram so if anybody wants to watch that and feel that it may have benefit for them they'd be more than welcome more than welcome mm. fantastic excellent no that's that's fantastic and so you are a lot further down the road through this you've come out the other side it's led to opportunities because we strongly believe that change brings opportunity. Yes. But if somebody is starting to recognise some problems in their own circumstances, it could be COVID related because they're not being able to get to work or not be able to earn any money or enough money, or it could be other pressures, be it family or whatever else. What's the sort of things would you, if they were sat in front of you right now, what would you be encouraging them to do? Tell me about it. Talk to me. Like I say, I'm not a counsellor. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I am actually moved into doing a counselling qualification. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a counsellor, but just the offloading, just the talking, just the the having somebody to share it with, it's a really old cliche, which a problem shared is a problem halved. You know what I mean? Yes. It is absolutely true. Find somebody that you trust. 
if you can't find somebody that you trust and you can feel you can talk to, there are organizations out there, fantastic organizations out there, you know, Samaritans, very professional. I just say, make that step, make that step to actually talk to somebody. And if it does get to the stage where you're feeling that talking with that particular person isn't doing any good, then try and seek some sort of professional help. Yes, of course. Because, you know, I can say from a position of strength that the professional help for me was incredible. But I can also say from a position of strength that the people that surrounded me, my friends, my family, my golf club, my my members at the golf club, my boss at the golf club, those people at that time, I got a completely different reaction to the one that you would stereotypically expect from what could be considered to be quite an aloof sport. I know golf can be considered mm-hmm. that, it's not. But you can imagine walking into a golf club when that story's just broke all over social media and yeah. you're just not sure what to expect. Even that created its own panics mm-hmm. and anxieties and stress. But what I found was people that I fully expected to sort of shun me came up to me put their arms around me and just said are you okay are you okay and that i'll go back to what you asked dave Mm -hmm. if more people turn around to the person next to them to a work colleague to a friend to a member of the family and just said are you okay is everything okay and if you get what you consider to be the stereotypical yeah i'm fine try and look a little bit deeper ask again Mm -hmm. ask again Mm -hmm. you know don't be scared of asking you know, I think we're moving into, we've certainly seen it with COVID, we're moving towards a time where compassion's not seen as a, I think it used to be seen as a bit of a weakness, do you know what I mean? Feeling the love mm. was a bit of a weakness. I don't think it is anymore. I think, you know, you look in the sporting world amongst the guys, and it's fantastic the way that people are big, strong, what you consider to be the alpha males are coming forward now and just mm. talking about this whole it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Yes. and for the people that are coming forward and saying it you know i think i think people are realizing that this can get to anybody this gets to anybody mental health is such a big issue it, it, it really is mm. and that whole talking about it is massive and that's reassuring really isn't it and it is true people do seem to be taking the time to ask it used to be just a sort of a all right you know hello yeah. type yeah. type comment now it's how you doing yeah absolutely especially if you spoke to that person for a while and people are expecting a proper response rather than a, uh, yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah. And, you know, because I'm not really bothered, whereas people are bothered a lot more. Let's just hope, certainly for the next few years, that people continue with it. And let's face it, a golf club runs on how well its staff are, the managers, as well as, yeah. you know, obviously, the customers coming through the door. Those customers will not be serviced properly if people are struggling just to be able to, you know, stay and, and hold things together. Yeah. So even if you're a selfish, and I'm not implying people are, but even if you were just looking at just at the bottom line, and I don't care about this, that, and the other, you need your staff to be working at top peak. And the only way they're going to do that is by taking the time to understand how they are. Absolutely. And I think this is one of those things that you can't tell if they've, you know, you can tell if they've got a cold because they're wiping the nose every two minutes or their voice changes. But mentally, you can't tell that. It's no. not something that, that can easily be all spotted. So I think, you know, that, that attention. I mean, again, Dave, you're absolutely bang on. You know, I guess one of the, the things that this has really sort of heightened and brought out to me 
is I now take a lot more time with my staff. And, and I have my staff now because they know what I went through. It, it, my staff will actually come up to me and say, look, can, can we have a chat? And it's amazing just by knowing that somebody's been through it, how much more likely you are to open up a conversation with them because mm-hmm. it's not seen as being taboo anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if Simon's been through it and he's supposed to be leading the charge, so to speak, then it's okay. You know, I need to speak to him or I want to speak to him because I know he understands. Mm-hmm. I may not have the answers, but do you know what? One of those answers, without question of a doubt, is to get people talking in the first place. And my staff know everything that went on. They're fully aware of it. And I'm going to be honest, I think it's had such a positive effect for everybody, you know, even my members, my co-workers. The positivity that I feel from people is incredible. It's humbling. It's so humbling to have these people who genuinely want to know that you're okay. And it's been able to give that back as well. So... No, I think that's right. And like I say, having known you for so long and knowing that you're such a charismatic, outgoing extrovert that people want to be around and whatever else, and you give off that tough exterior to then have what you've had gone through it. I think you are a bit of a changed man because of it, and it's going to have its, its impact. But I don't see that as a negative aspect. I see it as a, you know, because you've come to terms with it, you dealt with it well. I think that's... Um, yeah. It just shows that, you know, we all can do this, but gets proper support. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's kind of the final word, isn't it? If you know what I mean. Don't be scared to seek support. Don't be scared to seek it out. It does exist. There's no reason you can't find it now. So make your way towards it without question of a doubt. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I would say, and this is a really strange one, one thing that did get established because what you were saying there, Dave, I am quite extroverted. I am quite a social animal, so mm. to speak. But again, people always think that people with smiles on the faces yeah. and, you know, the late, great Robin Williams, who would have seen that coming? There's a guy no who, one. you know, mm. was smiling on the outside. Yeah. Everything was, you know, to us, to all intents and purposes, he was living the perfect life. But yeah. the reality is, you know, carnage on the inside. And unfortunately, that carnage led to a life being taken away before it should have been. So just because people are smiling, don't drop into the, the stereotype of they're OK. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a brilliant, brilliant message for the end. Simon, thank you so much for your time today. Having spoken to you and heard about it before, I was so pleased we've been able to go through it. I think you've got a lot out of it as well, Marie. Yeah, and I imagine with your story that we've only really just scratched the surface yeah. there of everything that you've gone through and can share with people to help them. So thank you for sharing that bit with us. And thank you for letting me. Thank you for letting me. The more people that, that can hear it. And good luck with the show. You know, it's, it's a great thing to get these, these sort of messages out there. So thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Next Steps for Business. Please use the subscribe button so that you do not miss out on any future episodes. Visit us at www.nextstepsfor.biz. That's 4for.biz. Send in your questions and any feedback that you have to info at nextstepsfor.biz. Otherwise, contact us via our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Next Steps for Business. You can also find us on LinkedIn at Next Steps for Business and you can follow us on Twitter at NS4 
Biz. That's NS, the number four, Biz. Thank you.